Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host, as always. Glad to be back in studio. Actually recorded my solo episode um, from my house, which was which was nice. And uh, it was kind of nice to be in the studio that you have at home, but it's always nice to be in studio in the building itself. And uh, it's great because I don't have a solo episode this time. I have two wonderful people in studio with me that we'll get to in just a moment. Um, but if you've been keeping up with the entire series, the welcome table, fantastic. If you've got some catching up to do, that's fine as well. You can binge it all while you're working out or while you're driving or whatever you do and you need to listen to something throughout your day. Um, listen to the messages, listen to the retake episodes. Uh, this series has been phenomenal and uh, we've seen God move in some pretty cool ways here at Elevate during that time. Uh, wherever you're listening to the episode, wherever around the world you may be, thanks so much for your support. You are the reason and teaming up with God why this podcast has become uh, what it is, and we thank you for your support. So, enough of me rambling on. I have two people sitting across from me, great friends of mine, I can say. It's always a great time when you can chat with people you love, and um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves here. I'm going to start with the man sitting straight across from me. I'll call him my my golf partner. Is that is that the best way to describe it? I think so. The number one guy to play golf with at the moment in yep. Keen? Just about. Just just about. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, brother. Introduce yourself. Uh, name, where you're from. This is your first time on the podcast, so it's really cool. And uh, what you do here at Southwestern Adventist University. Hey, guys. My name is Nestor Gill. I'm the internship manager here at Southwestern Adventist University. Um, I'm from Houston, Texas. H-Town? Grew up in Guatemala for some years of my life. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm from and what I do for a living. And what you do? All right. To the young lady sitting right next to him, I believe this is your second time on the podcast. Correct. This time was a long time ago. Uh, maybe a couple months ago. Before the summer? Might have been before the summer. No. It was when During school the summer. started. Anyway, somewhere. <laughs> Point Hello. is, go ahead and introduce yourself again. My name's Eglaya Sandoval, and I am actually from the area. Grew up in, was born in Fort Worth, grew up in the Keene area, and I've kind of just been here my whole life. So, so yeah, I currently work at the university, at Southwestern Adventist University. I'm the project director there for Pathways to Success. It is a one of the biggest departments on campus. We deal with making sure our students are successful in multiple areas, um, personal success, um, career success, and professional success. And that's where Nestor kicks in. He makes sure that our students have internships and jobs. So I just help oversee everything. Yeah, that's a little bit about myself. In other words, a, a little subtle flex that you're his boss. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, she's my boss. I how she threw that in there. She's no. definitely my boss. <laughs> Just um, pointing out how great of a job he does. Thank That's you, it. thank you. There you go. <laughs> Getting credit already, brother. You're doing something good. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, on that note, before we kind of jump into the the uh, the meat and grit, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, um, you guys' jobs are very interesting. Uh, not going to lie. Pfft, had no idea that your department even existed until I met both of you guys and found out what you did. Um, but I think it's really cool because you... You help students at a different level than I think every other department on campus would because you kind of help prepare them for the future, right? And kind of what, mm -hmm. what they're going to be doing. 
I'm just kind of curious, what's the most, maybe the best part of your job currently, the most fulfilling part? Um, what makes you happy to get up and go what you do every single day? Well, I think for me, um, this department is brand new. I think it's been here for, we're on year three now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was here in school, we didn't have this department. So um, building a resume, uh, learning interview skills, mm. all that stuff, I had to do that myself. And being able to, luckily, I got an internship myself um, when I was here in school, but I had to figure that on my own as well. And then when I graduated, um, I didn't have any help from anyone. I didn't have anyone to look at my resume. I didn't know whether it was good or not. And that whole summer from when I graduated in May until August, that whole summer, I could not find a job. Nobody wanted to hire me on. Luckily, with the internship that I had, um, the company that was with me did offer me a full-time position after I graduated, but I just didn't want to go that route. And um, pretty much, I was like, well, I don't have any of the options, so I'm just going to go with them. And that's how I started my career. And, you know, that whole summer was kind of depressing. I, I feel like I know that I was a good employee mm-hmm. and I know that I was going to do a great job. But obviously, just nobody wanted to take me. And so the reason why I got this job and my motivation to come here was so another student wouldn't go through that, through that struggle by themselves, um, is for me to be their mentor, for me to help them out. And that is what that satisfaction of helping out another student is what makes me get up every morning. For me, it's definitely the success stories. Um, Whenever I hear a student come to me saying, hey, Miss Sandoval, thank you. We have an event that's coming up next week, the success closet. Whenever they're like, thank you so much for giving us professional attire because I can't afford it. Uh, That to me, it gets to me and that's my motivator. Or When Nestor comes running down the hallway, he got the internship or he got the job. Um, Those are the moments that I think we live for when our students actually accomplish something and we're able to be part of that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And then you guys do some special stuff. So if you're listening and you're a student and you're looking for an internship, these are the people to talk to. Find mm-hmm. them on campus. Yes, I'm located in Hagen Hall, right in front of the gym. The building in front of the gym. Right in front of the gym. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you want to play some mini golf, go to his office as well. Yep, literally. 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 <laughs> you can putt from any distance. <laughs> and if you want snacks, go to go to go to her her office. Yep. Yes. Um, yep. But they'll take care of you uh, pretty well. And I just wanted to highlight that because I think you guys do some amazing work on campus um, that is needed. And and I don't know how, I guess, the competition is when it comes to how many other schools like offer specific stuff for what you guys do. I would tend to say they're pretty slim. Am I correct there when it comes to like other Adventist institutions? Correct. correct. Yeah, we're one of the few that yeah, yeah, yeah. offer those services. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... That's really cool, and we have it here at Southwestern, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's the question that stumps all of our guests. It doesn't stump all of our guests. I make it very scary because I want to hear a raw answer from you guys anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, today, or if you want to just talk about the question in general, what makes you who you are? Dun, dun, dun. I answered this question already last time. You did. So I'm And you gonna, will again if you ever again. And I'm gonna <laughs> say the same thing. Really, my family makes me who I am. 
I believe we're placed in a, God placed us in our families for a reason. Many times it takes us time to understand why. Mm. But now that I look back and I see my family dynamics and my brother, my sister, my father, my mother, I understand why I am who I am today. Because I definitely wouldn't have been who I am today without everyone. No matter the good attributes or the bad attributes, God places us in a certain place for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with the Glenn. I think without having that moral support growing up, the whether it was, you know, my mom telling me, hey, you got to keep up with your grades. Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. Same thing with my dad. Um, and just having that support throughout my whole life, even when I was here in college, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done that without them. And that's what makes me who I am today because of them. And if it wasn't for them and, you know, now that I look back, um, at first I didn't think that at first I used to pretty much hate my parents because they would always, <laughs> you know, telling me what to do, like how to do things. And mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But now that I look back, I can I can see that literally they shaped me who I am today and I couldn't ask for better parents I I think my answer has changed over the year um but I will say that currently right now the the uh the friend groups that I'm in mm-hmm. the people that are around me maybe just like outside of my family um are helping kind of shape who I am recently and I think that's been a big part of uh, of me over the last year, I think. The groups of people that I've been able to be around with and the people that have been able to be there, um, they're great people. And mm-hmm. so I think God has put people in our lives, kind of like you both just mentioned, whether it's family or friends in your life that kind of need to be there to either help guide you or for you to kind of help them in whatever mm-hmm. in whatever way. So over the last few weeks, we've been opening this idea of um, the welcome table and, and kind of how there's this table that we're all sitting at and that we're all supposed to be at, but that we're all supposed to have somebody there as well. And you can take that as metaphorically or as literally as you want. Um, we've been kind of looking at it recently from the idea of the church and like, how do we bring in more people um to get to know Jesus and how do we treat people like Jesus treated people that were completely on the opposite like spectrum of him. And I asked this question a couple weeks ago from somebody and I want to get you guys' thoughts. When you have seen a a church that is very successful at doing this, what qualities of that successful church do you see immediately? I think the first one would be feeling welcome. I think Literally, I went to Fort Worth first for the first time three weeks ago. And it was a brand, first time brand new church. We just It was literally outside of our neighborhood. So we just wanted to try it out. And we felt so welcome there. As soon as we, we got greeted by the first person, like he just asked us how our week was, how we're doing personally. like, And then as soon as we got in there, 
the first thing they asked us, hey, are you new here? Yes. They made us fill out some um, some sheet for us to, you know, just put our information down. And I want to go back again just because of that reason. Like, there's not many churches that have that now where they make you feel welcome as soon as you get in. They recognize that you're new. Mm-hmm. Some people just, yeah, you're new, but they don't take that next step of, you know, getting the information, getting to know them. And I think Fort Worth First did such a good example of that. I feel like also not only meeting the spiritual needs of the church members or the visitors, but also meeting their physical needs. Maybe there's something going out at home and we don't Mm -hmm. know. So whenever a church um, worries and cares for more than just you being there and being a number at the church because they want their membership to go up, but actually wondering what's going on at home. Why hasn't this person been coming to church? Mm. So whenever church members or churches actually care for you as a person and not just you being there at church, I think that makes a difference. Mm. And And different ministries that the church can have, such as food bank or outreach, um, those things are always big. I think that's very very Mm Jesus-like. I think we see a lot of times in the Bible when he's, going to perform a healing or whatever he's going to do he uh he never forced here's my father woohoo down your throat mm-hmm. um you know he always cared for whatever that person was going through before he even did anything to that person you know uh, healing yeah. wise or what they were going through he always found a way to connect with that person and mm-hmm. i think sometimes here goes kelvin jumping off a cliff here but uh <laughs> I think sometimes we struggle connecting with people that way mm-hmm. for maybe, and I don't know, a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think we struggle, um, maybe, I don't know if I want to group the entire church as a whole, but maybe as a church we just struggle with, to connect with people that maybe we're not the same as or mm-hmm. we maybe think that completely different. different, that look different, when in reality those are the people that need to be like... <laughs> Like we need to be ushering those people in so we can show mm-hmm. them, you know, the Jesus that we serve and no matter how different we are, you know? I think it's interesting because in our devotional this morning, we were talking about this. Um, we were talking about how Jesus, when he was here on earth, he didn't go reach out to people who were just like him. He went and he reached out and he got out of his comfort zone. So many times us as Christians, we try to find someone who's very similar to us and that's the people we try to reach Mm. and we have to be very careful because maybe those people don't need to be reached maybe they already are so i feel like it's very important that we get out of our comfort zone and talk to people who are not like us because that's where we're gonna be able to share jesus in our circle where we all know jesus it's kind of harder because i mean i can't reach calvin because calvin already knows about god i can't reach nestor because he already knows about god But if I go out with people who don't know about God, then that's when we can actually reach someone. What about the world that we live in makes it very hard to be accepting and kind of open up the table and have as many seats as possible? What what does the world do to us, I guess, that makes it hard for this to happen? We were actually talking about this in our devotional a while back. 
because you know we want to be accepting for the like the lbgtq community but then it becomes a problem for that church that people are going to start saying oh these are the churches that are accepting to that and they put literally that title on that church now that that's like you know the lbgtq mm. church and it, it shouldn't be we shouldn't be putting titles i think we should just be accepting of everyone it doesn't matter how different they are from us mm. i think god literally is the biggest example of that i think god has never judged anyone has never done anything to make someone feel uncomfortable and i think that's the way it should be but just because the way our society is and the way some christians are the way that they are is that where they put that title and at a church like that and that's where churches put that obstacle so it's not very welcoming for you know other people to come in mm. so sometimes I, no, go ahead go ahead repeat your question do you think it's us that put obstacles yeah, I was like, we were well yeah if, if the world like you're saying maybe is making it really easy for people do we sometimes make it hard on ourselves like are we the ones that put stuff in the way to accepting people in i feel like we as christians do put obstacles I feel like right now we live in a pretty welcoming world where if someone were to say whatever, your idea is respected and it's welcomed. But as Christians, when you come up to a Christian, we're the ones that put that obstacle in the way because we were raised a certain way. Mm. And for us, it's very hard to say, oh, this person um, thinks or they testify to be a seven-day Adventist but they dress this way or they wear this or they preach without a Bible. They preach with, I don't know, using their phone on the pulpit, things of that sort. For us, it becomes very hard because we are used to doing a certain thing mm. and seeing things done in the church a certain way. And now that we start to see change and we see how the world is just be normalizing everything that's when we kind of panic and we're like well i can't accept this person like that's just not right or i can accept that person because what he's doing is just not seven day adventist and it's not one of our beliefs but yet they're still doing it so i think as christians we do uh put obstacles because we aren't so open to changing yet mm. so maybe we're the ones that have to maybe take a little reality check sometimes mm -hmm. and see because when we want, when people want to, when we sorry when we want people to come in we want them to change to our like if they're not changing to what I'm thinking then mm -hmm. then yeah. I don't want them sitting at my table you know mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah yeah like if they're not moldable to what I want them to think um then until they change then they can come and set foot mm -hmm. you know in my house and sit at my table and that's our problem though we can't look at someone saying the potential that they have to change. Like we have to be right. willing to accept someone for who they are, regardless of their, um, regardless of what they are and what their bad qualities are. And it's kind of like a conversation I had with one of my friends. Um, we were talking about finding a significant other. I was like, you can't think, oh, I like this guy and I'm gonna date this guy because Maybe he's not from the church. Maybe he is not a person who spends quality time. And you're just thinking about things he isn't, but he has the potential to change. You can't do that. 
And that's how we have to be with our fellow church members or people who visitors. We can't look at them and be like, oh, they have potential change. No, accept them for who they are and God is going to do the rest. Mm. We can't say, oh, he will one day keep the Sabbath. No, that's God. That's for him and God to deal with, not for you, him and God to deal with. That's something very personal. So we have to do the basics and just make sure that he feels welcome, like Nestor said. Because when a person feels welcome, he's going to be more open to letting God speak to him. Yeah. I've I've found out that <clears throat> people will stay in a place that they feel welcome, even if they completely disagree with things that are being done there. And that is correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then going to a place where they agree with what's going on and not feeling welcome at all. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sucks because it's not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to feel welcome in 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 kind of whatever situation you're in, uh, especially with what you believe in or mm-hmm. what, you know whatever it is. There's well, that, it's kind of like those restaurants that have very poor quality food, but they have awesome service. You see those places sure. packed because <laughs> the service is great. Yeah. And they take care of you. Maybe the food's not the best, but you'd rather go to that place because they have good service than go somewhere else that has good food but takes hours to get there, don't really care about you, and they just want to... They're just there because they need a job, pretty Mm -hmm. much. So it's the same thing with our church. Whenever people find those... um, feel welcomed and find that customer service here, then that's when they're going to come back, regardless of what they're feeding or feeding them. And it sounds sad. But it's the truth. What can we what can we do then? What are the what are the positives that we can think about in order to maybe change our mentality? Um, what steps can we begin to take, maybe individually or as a church, to have that table wide open to anybody that wants to come sit whenever they want? To remember that it's not about you, it's about them. Oh explain. Um I think you have to be selfless. You really have to just show them what Jesus is like. Like just be your sometimes you just gotta be yourself. You don't necessarily have to say, hey, come to my church. They will come to your church if you act the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. If you show them compassion, care. That's what Jesus did in his ministry. He showed that he cared and he showed compassion and people followed him. Mm-hmm. We got to do the same thing, whether we're at a golf course and someone just, hey, can we go through? Yes. <laughs> and you, you don't get mad at them. Like that's just little characters, little, I guess, little character that you may have. Just drop in, just be compassionate and show care to another person. And God will do the rest. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's some straight fire coming from that side of the room <laughs> just now. Uh, and that I think that is the perfect way to culminate it all. Um, looking at Jesus' ministry and how he treated people, I think is the easiest baby step we can take. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a hint. Go to the book of John if you're listening. It has the most one-on-one interactions with Jesus and another human being when it's just him by himself. Those are the greatest, I think, stories in the Bible and all walks of life Jesus dealed with. Mm -hmm. He dealed with Nicodemus the Pharisee by himself. He dealed with the woman at the well. He dealed with anybody by themselves. 
Um, and the way that he treated those people is, I think, the perfect example, as Nestor was saying, with the compassion and love that he did that we should be following the example of every uh, every single day. Uh, I want to end with one thing that Weaver said where Jesus is talking and he says, I didn't come here to, to like, you know, serve the, the people that are already healed. I came here for everybody that's sick, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I thank God for that because we're all, by nature, sinners and sick. Mm-hmm. And so I think he came for all of us. Um, and if we have that mentality in every situation, school, work, church, play, um, I think people will begin to see Jesus in us a lot more. We'll have mm-hmm. we'll have the opportunity to come on down. So we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for an interesting and fantastic conversation. Uh, glad that I think we've been trying to get, try, I'm trying to get both of you guys on for a while now. It just had not worked out <laughs> scheduling wise, but it worked out perfectly for today. So uh, thank you guys so much um for uh for hopping on and doing and doing what you do on campus is there a final pathways to success plug one of you wants to give uh well yes there's two actually uh the success closet will be happening the first week of october from eight to five so if you are a student or any community member we want to help you dress for success uh, with professional attire i know it's expensive, so it's all free to students and community. It's going to be at the Student Center from 9 to 5, Love it. Monday through Thursday. And then we have our Pets Expo on October 26th. So if you're wanting to look for a job or an internship, stop by, and there will be a lot of businesses here just wanting to hire you. Mm. So be ready. Have your resume ready. And Nestor can help you write your resume if you're not ready. Dang. Yes. Yeah. Come to my office. I'm here available for anyone, even if you just need some friendly advice on anything. I'm here to help you guys. These people are great. And what about a perfect episode to talk about helping people and being there for people? These two people do it phenomenally. And uh, stop by their office one day if you're in the area or just go say hello or grab Mm -hmm. a snack. They're always welcoming to anybody that comes through those doors. So uh, thank you guys again so much. Wherever you're listening, thanks so much for your support for Elevate. for the ministry, for the podcast, for everything that Elevate does and is here at the Keene Church and on the campus of Southwestern Adventist University. If somehow you felt impacted or you know a friend or family member would feel blessed by something you heard today, we'd encourage you to share this episode. You have no idea the impact that you can make by just simply clicking share and throwing it on your Facebook or throwing it on your Instagram. It may pop up on somebody's feed that needs to hear um, what they need to hear. So we'd encourage you to please please do that. We'll see you next week. And remember, as we always say, there's always room for one more.